Aboard once again. Welcome to the Anime Boomer Podcast. This is episode three featuring Yellow Flash. I'm the master of boomering here at the Anime Boomer Podcast. The guy who presses all the buttons keeps the ship from crashing into a planet, at least this time. You all know me as Gator. Helping me anchor the podcast is my co-host, Spooky Weave Trash. How you doing, Spooky? Gator's the master. I'm the submissive at boomering. Hello, everybody. <laughs> You're not going to give us an ooh-woo like last time? No. Do you want me to, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. So we have with us today Yellow Flash. Most of you guys are probably here from his channel, actually. That's usually how it goes. We're still building the podcast, bringing on people that uh, like to talk about anime, know a lot about anime. And Flash is one of the guys that uh, was involved from the Vic Mignogna stuff from the very beginning. How are you doing, Flash? Good. Good to be here. It was good to talk to you. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's amazing to me thinking about that was 2019 when the Vic saga first began. We talked uh, quite a bit about it with Nick Ricada last week. It blows my mind to think it's been going on this long and still hasn't been resolved. Well, still people talk about him every day for two years. It's insane. It's like at some point, it's just like move on or get over it or something like Still talking about him every day, trying to raise couch money off of his name. Some Mars people Girl. make it their whole personality. Yeah, to hate on Nick <laughs> v- Vic Vignata, you know, like uh, like a certain ex, that guy with the glasses, comrade. I always forget that she's a part of that guy with the glasses. Holy shit. That was something, right? Was, wasn't she like one of the people that was like, whenever there was a doctrine about that guy with the glasses getting involved with not-so-kosher behavior. She was, like, one of the people calling him out, if I'm not incorrect. uh, Change the channel. That was her her whole movement. Did she start that movement, or was that, like, something she hopped on? I I don't really know. I want to say she hopped on it with uh, Lindsay Ellis and... What was Linkara's ex name? I can't remember. Uh, Iron Liz? Iron Liz. Iron Liz. Yeah. She, She liked Iron Liz. She was pretty cool. Talked to her quite a bit at the beginning of all of that stuff that happened. I think she dropped off the internet. I think Iron Liz got a lot of the brunt end of it, honestly, because, well, Iron Liz and Lindsay, I think in particular, because people are like, Lindsay's eye candy. We got to, like, give her tons of dick jokes. And Iron Liz was kind of in the background doing all the grunt work and actually broke, I believe she broke a leg or something or sprained an ankle. So something happened where she got injured and she had to write a waiver to <laughs> Oh, so she couldn't sue him? Yeah, yeah, so she couldn't (laughs) sue him, yeah. It was pretty, that was an interesting little saga, especially if you've been watching, like, the uh, Nostalgia Critic for a minute there. Yeah, I never really paid too much attention to him. I mostly just paid attention to, like, the controversies and stuff like that 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 would pop up from time to time. I had had friends that were, like, big fans of just the, uh, the Nostalgia Critic stuff, but really didn't like get into the minutia of all the other different shows that were going on on channel awesome 
but I would always, like, catch the crazy stuff that happened. Well, like, you have all these, like, weird, like, limp-wristed weirdos, right? Gay nerds on the internet that have, honestly, no control over their own personal life getting involved with business. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of YouTubers now know how to, like, deal with their businesses, but, like, back in the day, it was, like, nothing but nerds, like, nostalgia critic, right? And so, I think what happened was, there was a weird limbo there where he actually sold the Nostalgia Critic brand to some weird bald guy in the background. I can't remember his name off the top of my head for the life of me. Can you guys remember his name? You guys know who I'm talking I, I about? Know. I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, God, it's been so freaking long since I've... God, did we have to do research on this program? God damn it. <laughs> Hold on a minute. The, the biggest thing I know about Channel Awesome is my interactions with them. I've come to the conclusion that most of them are all pieces of shit. <laughs> that's a good that's a good uh, observation uh, i yeah. mean mr Medicker did a whole like what was it yeah, four watched, or five uh, part video series about i that? watched all of his videos on it to catch up on who the fuck these people were like when all this was going down mike Mashad. mars girl was the key player in all of it so like i'm like who the fuck are all of these people so wow. i watched all of Medicker's videos on it like uh here's the th- his name is Mike Bashad and I was just I just googled it real quick. So Channel Awesome has like a Wikipedia cuz of course they do. And the estimated revenue they made in 2009 alone was $150,000, which is obscene amount of money in 2009. Like that's astronomical. I 200 and something thousand now. Yeah, that is YouTube I mean, success level money in like 2009. Like, that, how many that subscribers did PewDiePie have in 2009? I don't think he was much of a thing in 2000. I think he blew up 2013 or no, 2010, 2011, I want to say, because I was in high school. So I graduated 2013. Sorry, I'm old. Um, <laughs> so I graduated in 2013. And I believe that's where he peaked. So PewDiePie channel. He's always kind of reinvented himself pretty good. I, I love PewDiePie now. I wasn't a fan back in the day because I could tell that he was like, it was. He was being faking gay back in the day. <laughs> but now it's like it, we're like a similar age now. And I just kind of grew up with him. Now he just kind of reacts to me and he's whatever about it. I I enjoy that, actually, unironically. Revenue. See, let's say like to 2010. Let me see. Social Blade. Does it go all the way back to 2010? Uh, it should go to where he first started. Because a lot of websites didn't even track this stuff until like the PewDiePie saga really started. So, so yeah. anyway, I don't think, uh, I don't think social blade even tracks it. Cause I think social blade only tracks it from when the website like first started. I'm trying to find this information, but it only wants to do recently. Um, Oh, it only goes back to 2018. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Yeah. He became a YouTuber. His first YouTube channel, which 15 million for November 1st, 2013. So that's yeah. still like he was a multi-millionaire by 2013, more than likely. Yeah. So the top oh, yeah. YouTuber at the time was Ryan Higa in 2009. If that tells you how old, <laughs> how old we're talking about. Mm. When all the- so that was a lot. That was for 2009 for an Internet content creator. 150,000 was an incredible amount of money. I, yeah, I'm I feel at, like I'm looking at his social play. <laughs> It's somewhere. It says it's somewhere in between thirty-four thousand and five hundred and forty-three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> I would be willing to safely bet he makes about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. Easily. And I'm not even looking at his super chats. 
Uh, so according to Statista, Statista, it's he made four million dollars by 2013 PewDiePie. So, I mean, either way, like, I mean, as influential, well, I mean, that's just considering like revenue, ad revenue. That's not considering like you know other profits he probably made, some kind of other donations because like Doug Walker was extremely influential back in the day. You know, like he influenced like people like John Tron, who's like extremely successful nowadays. Like, well, just think about all of the channels that kind of like popped up from Channel Awesome and all of the content creators that kind of like modeled their persona and their mannerisms and the way and they present things. I the way hate in which they- this thing right here. Let me tell you why it's bad. <laughs> exactly. And, like, most of the time, they wouldn't even, like, scream very loud, too, because they're all, like, recording their mom's, like, you know, house. And they're like, I hate this thing. Ah. <laughs> it's very that era, too. Like, they just pretend scream at things and get mad at things. And it's, I don't know, like, I, internet humor back in the day was very edgy because it was very much anti-establishment. It's not nowadays. Now it is the establishment. So it was, like, Instead of, like, watching stuff, like, on G4 or whatever, where people were praising video games instead of not criticizing it that well, people were just screaming at it because it was, like, the edgy thing to do. And people liked it, you know? I can't knock off, you know, previous internet humor being cringy nowadays because, I mean, it wasn't cringy back then. It was just what people liked, you know? And things change. Now people just say... Internet celebrity, they're stupid, and let me tell you why they're stupid in a 10-minute long video. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Anyway, hello, Flash. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> so let's get back. I guess let's get back to Mars Girl now that we've kind of, like, set the table for Channel Awesome. Can you show things on uh, the screen for your when you upload this? Yes, I guess yes, I can. Picture, I'll put it in the text channel over on General. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Here's, uh, here's this... Uh, this picture picture that I captured because somebody was calling Nick Ricardo a liar, making fun of her because she's crowdfunding a $250 couch. Get a job. <laughs> so, yeah, get a job. So I went to her, I went to her Twitch and just the first thing it's right there, right there at the top. We need a couch. Yeah. Look at that. Here it is right here. Is she crying? She looks she like look- it. She yeah, look, there it is right there. We need a couch. Ten dollars, four percent, twenty six days to go. Two hundred and fifty dollars. I get like crowdfunding for like you know maybe like supplies you need for like your um your channel, your Twitch, right? I get that, but uh, a couch, really? Yeah, that does seem a little weird. There, you know, furniture right now is hard to get. I don't if I don't know if either of you had to furniture shop because I just moved into a new place, so I needed some furniture. And uh, I had a tough time just finding a chair. Like, it's because there's, there's so much shit that you wouldn't even think about that's like on shortage right now. Uh, if you have a pool, good luck getting chlorine tablets is a good example. Like, everything is like these little odds and ends. So, I mean, like, what kind of what kind of couch is she going to get for 250 bucks right now? It's going to be probably like some shit that would like be on the corner. You know, you drive Craigslist couch. <laughs> I mean, Even like, what is going up in price? Like, what is going furniture. up? Like, what, like, what alone, right? What alone is three times the price as it used to be? So, like, you could pay like a hundred dollars for like a little two by four. Like, it's not, I'm not even like kidding. Like, you're like paying an astronomical amount of money because the pandemic, like, it, of course, it's shut everything down. Yeah. But lumber. the shipment, 
costs to get stuff shipped overseas because there's still places that are shut down and like they have to make up for the cost of lost revenue is a, a pinch of a penny if I've uh, ever seen it. And then, of course, awful. gas prices are becoming astronomically yeah. high. So lumber's <laughs> lumber up, too. I saw uh, Quartering's been posting pictures of that house he's building. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, God, that the cost of that house right now. Because lumber is, like, high right now. I mean, Quartering, like, did you know that Quartering's a millionaire? He'll tell you all about it, you know. He's hey, got to be you know? to build a house in, in 2021. <laughs> uh, God. I've heard housing. I haven't looked for houses yet recently, but I've heard housing market. Everything's it everything's is. I, expensive. I just went through it. I just went through it, but I sold a house, so like I was able to kind of make things work a little bit better. Yeah. If you're just jumping into a house right now, oof. yeah, because if you right. if you have a house already, the, you know the price of that and the land and the house and everything goes up commensurate with the price of housing in general. So it kind of like not quite evens out. I made a, I I got a lot of equity out of it that I was able to roll into the new place. Good. So it kind of like balanced itself out, you know, if you get what I'm saying. Also, computer parts are super high, especially with crypto. Like it went, of course, crypto went down, crashed, but it's going to come back up eventually. Like the cost of like buying graphics cards is still. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to build a new computer, but I'm just not doing it right now. I'm just not doing it right now. Can take it out of your taxes though. Yeah, it's just they're way overpriced. I'll just play. I'm kind of happy, to be honest. I'm kind of happy with the Xbox Series X right now and my TV. Because I have a really nice TV, and the, that thing's kind of on par with the computer I have right now. So, yeah, like this, this couch situation, like that's not going to help your YouTube channel. Like you just, you're just e begging at this point for that's all a she does. Well, remember, she was, she's still suing me. Oh yeah, I oh, completely she's, forgot she's about cool. that. <laughs> can that's you, still open, I guess, that lawsuit or that you, GoFundMe for her. Can you like um can you really explain much what's going on or are you like on the hutch house? Can you give us a TLDR? Oh no, she hasn't officially sued me. She wanted remember she put out that big thing to dox me, said that I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan and all this stuff because I used six one six as my location tag. <laughs> oh yeah. That. <laughs> which is fucking spoilers spoiler alert that's uh marvel's, marvel's. comic book universe <laughs> hmm. but uh so, she she thought that was like my real address or something and she made a gofundme so she could get legal representation and she raised four thousand four hundred and eighteen dollars well, I mean that's something, but that's not going to cover legal fees, now is it? It's uh no. They're but the a funny, little bit more expensive than that. <laughs> the funny thing about it is right after she got this money, she was traveling to cons. She got computer parts. Oh, she uh, she pulled a Zoe Quinn where she was like, <laughs> "I'm going to do this thing with all this money," and then she just doesn't. <laughs> now, GoFundMe Here, is the, set up general tab. Yeah, GoFundMe is set up so that, like, regardless, as long as she meets the goal, she gets the money. I think Indiegogo is the one where it's a little more in depth, right? Or I'm mixing the two up. I haven't. Uh, she didn't use. A, she didn't use an Indiegogo. She had GoFundMe. Indiegogo. I haven't. I haven't one up yet. I will next month when I put my comic out. Awesome! I'd love to hype that. Yeah, yeah for I sure. I don't know. Like, I don't know whose legal fees only cost fifteen hundred dollars, but. Uh... She must have a really cheap lawyer. Well, it's enough to afford plane tickets and uh, 
computer parts at the time, which is exactly what she did. And nobody called her out on it, which I thought was hilarious. Like, nobody on her side said shit. It sh- that just shows you how much they really uh, think about accountability. Well, you just look at all the people that just kind of, like, grabbed on to, like, the Vic stuff the moment that it happened. And you see, like, the same sorts of patterns. People just trying to get themselves over to use a wrestling uh, parlance there. Uh, you know, just trying to promote themselves, trying to get money for themselves. And they it's just the worst kinds of people. Or even like this, uh, let me read this, uh, here, descriptor here. Hello, everyone. My name is, uh, Kaylin Su- Su- Sosido? Sosido? I, I think it's Sosido? Whatever. I'm not what? sure. I just always call her Mars Girl. I have been creating online content for more than a decade and have been a large supporter of fan community culture, uh, for as long as I can remember. I will keep this as straightforward as possible to prevent any form of misunderstanding. This campaign is specifically for the basic base amount for the this, that is necessary for me to retain a, the legal services necessary for me to begin the process of a defamation. I can't read. I'm sorry. Defamation suit. Like so. Def- I'm sorry. I'm retarded. Defamation suit. <laughs> I'm fucking retarded. I'm sorry. <laughs> Only thing I do is watch Japanese anime with subtitles. Defamation is against my service. Okay. So I don't think any lawsuit that's for defamation. I don't think the base base pay would be a hundred fifty what fifteen hundred dollars? I don't think that would cover fifteen hundred dollars was the goal. Yeah. This would have I, been a huge mistake for her if this had ever gone through because I would have crowdfunded legal fees too, and then I would have I would have sued her for mm-hmm. sure for putting me through a hard time. And uh if you think about at the time with like you know how hot all the Vic stuff was, I'm pretty sure that I would have like just crippled her easily. Yeah. This I know this sounds like exactly this. I I was just reading Zoe Quinn's book um recently <laughs> for reasons because I'm working on a project. But this sounds exactly like the same stupid shit Zoe would say in her book of like she's like I'm getting harassed all the time, so give yeah, me money. She- She's she's like a discount Zoe Quinn. That's actually a good uh, that that's a good comparison. Mm. Yeah, who's fatter a, though, Zoe or her? Hmm. Who's what? Who's fatter? I want to know. Oh, Mars girl. Mars girl by by a long shot. Oh really? She's, balloon, she's ballooned up. You go look at her Twitch. Yeah, Ugh. she's not taking care of herself at all. Like she's like she, I don't, I don't go out of the house anymore. Yeah, but you stream every day. Getting hmm. closer and closer to Catwoman status. What does that mean with uh, the guy who used to play as George from the Jungle, where he's just like crying, you know, and he's got like the cut off hair and like the big bulgy like crying eyes? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, Brendan. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's just like crying. Ah. <laughs> uh. God, he it. looks bad now. I just googled his yeah, name. He looks terrible too. Good now. lord. Yeah. yeah. He never Didn't recovered. Did he go from through that. like a really bad divorce though? Probably, you know. I don't. I think so. He was kind of at the top of his game in Hollywood, and then he fell off. Now he's voicing. Uh, fuck. What's the name of the? Is it Robot Man from Doom Patrol? I think so. Let me let me try to send that meme to you, Gator, so we can comparing comparing contrast this piece of art with this piece of art. <laughs> what I just sent you. Oh no. Oh, yeah. poor Brendan Fraser. He used to be so hot, though. 
like when he played as George of the Jungle, there's like a TikTok going around where it's like watching George of the Jungle when I was a kid versus now as an adult. You're like, oh, wow. Oh, oh. <clears throat> well, I remember him from the the biggest thing that I remember him from is the mummy movies. Yeah. That first one was a really good movie. I don't know how, how well it holds up today. I'm sure that CGI isn't that great. Probably not. I don't know. I haven't seen the like mummy movies since I was a kid, so I can't say for sure. It's been a long time. I have like a cult like uh, fan base now. A lot of people still love those movies and rewatch them all the time. That first one's really funny. Like some of those scenes. Remember when uh, that snaky guy like in the corner? He's like showing all the religious symbols Mm -hmm. to the mummy. I thought that was hilarious. What a Hollywood and divorce does to a motherfucker. Damn, so sad. It's like kind of like what Robin Williams kind of did with himself the last few years of his life. Because people like people said that he was um, not to put a downer on this, like super like high, high, uh, what's it called? High energy podcast. But what what Robin Williams did was people said that he was uh, an alcoholic at the end of his life for us. And he probably was. But it was highly suspected that it wasn't just alcoholism. It was the fact that he went through several divorces with different women. And because he was a multimillionaire, but he's, you know, he's not like a money tree that all these women tried taking all of his money one by one. And he had to pay out the divorces of like, I think like three or four different marriages. And it just kind of like, he basically had no money. So he had to work until just, if he had just followed the Nicholas cage model, he would have pulled through it. What does Nicolas Cage do? Not marry anyone? No, it says yes to everything now. Literally every movie. It's like, oh, yeah. we, we have a, it's totally not Five Nights at Freddy's, and you're going to play a janitor. I'm in. Oh, I watched that movie. It's terrible. I, I thought it was going to be good, too. And uh, just because it looked like fun, but it was pretty god awful. Did you see it? I haven't. Mm, no. I, I completely forgot that it existed until this exact moment. I can't even remember the name of it, but it was uh, it wasn't a good movie. I thought it looked uh, kind of interesting. Now he's uh, chasing a pig, and it's, they're making it look like this is going to be some Oscar movie. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh, Willie's Wonderland. My, where's my pig? He's he's chasing Mars Girl. Is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, his child's a weep too. I don't know if you guys know that. Nicholas Cage. Uh, he, yeah, he he'll uh, he'll have several photos of himself uh, hanging out with cosplayers because his child really likes anime. So like those are very common things you can find on the internet. Most uh most kids are weebs now <laughs> because yeah. that's the dominant form of entertainment. To be honest, I mean it's t- taking over everything. You guys want to talk about that about how uh, manga is totally uh, teabagging Western comics nowadays. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting topic. It's just dominated everything. And there's so many reasons for it. You can find everything, like anything you want. There's there's probably some kind of manga for it. Yeah, it's really diverse because a lot of Western comics, and we've talked about this quite a few times, they're just like, they, they don't, they're, I mean, superheroes are nice and all, but they don't really go beyond superheroes and like kind of social justice-y I know a lot of people think that that's cringe nowadays, but I, for lack of a better term, social justice leftism that's being pushed in comics. Because it's like you either have to have like a superhero that sells out to normies 
or it sells out the really depressed fat women like Mars Girl. Like <laughs> those are the only two demographics they appeal to nowadays. Yeah, perfect example. I am not yeah. Starfire. Yeah, we know. It's like, would you rather? <laughs> would you rather spend money on this book, the I Am Not Starfire, or would you rather pick up Uzaki Chan wants to hang out? The I choice like... is obvious. <laughs> oh fuck the Zaki saga that was so fun everyone's mad about her tits I thought that show was hilarious imagine being mad at tits can't relate holy shit they don't it, like them they don't like well, them no, take that back they like the smaller ones women with big breasts don't exist well it's it's weird to me um, <clears throat> that these like forward tumblerinas right and they'll like pride themselves on their well they make their whole personality their sexuality or whatever the gender and they'll be like uh you know i'm a agendered lesbian right but they get really offended by tits it's very perplex perplexing to me like i don't understand it i can't i can't explain why people that are supposedly attracted to women hate women or there's that one smash player that i actually got into um an argument with uh one of my buddies called dimitri monroe uh <laughs> And he called everyone who liked Uzaki-chan a pedophile. And come to find out, the dude was like sexually harassing children on Discord. Fuck him. So, yeah, yeah. Every time. Almost every time. That's how it works out. The mask comes off, man. Yeah. You call everyone a pedophile. I don't it's know. Like, it's kind it's of like the male feminist. Yeah, the, the male, male feminist, feminist who sneaks yeah. in. Where, where's yeah. that stone toss comment? I would say, <laughs> ladies, never lock, your, never lock yourself in a room with a male feminist. It's it's a cope, man. I don't know. Like there, there are these limp-wristed weirdos. Like uh, me and my friend Necro Thirteen, we call a. It's, if you're ever live on Twitch, we always call instead of saying pedo, we always call them Smash players because it <laughs> it is a very uh, common occurrence. Uh huh. <clears throat> oh god, yeah, Nickelodeon's it's... releasing that new game that's like Smash Brothers like. Oh god, I, I didn't even put the two and two together. Look, John K, Dan Schneider, come on. We got to get those two on. We got to get them two on this. You know, Dan, <laughs> oh, no. Dan Schneider was the one that actually convinced Nickelodeon to change the um, icon from like, it was a little splat icon to feet. You know what? I'm not surprised. I'm not I, surprised at all. I can't prove it's true, but I've heard it from several people that that you know was the case. what he was doing with that. Dan, Dan the man Schneider. <laughs> he loves them feet. Where my bitch is at. Going back to, like, the, the manga thing, I mean, in Japan, I don't think you could, like, Demon Slayer's the, the big thing this year. Like, you can't even get, I can't even find, because I was going to go, I was going to go pick up the manga and read it, and I can't find the first volume anywhere. Yeah, And I, I guess, like, people are saying it might not be back in stock till fucking October, which, well, what the fuck so is going popular. on with that? It's so popular amongst, like, um, <clears throat> younger people. Because, like, on TikTok, that's all I see is just Demon Slayer. And I really, really liked Demon Slayer. I don't really like Shonen. I, think I haven't Shonen... seen the movie yet, so don't. I'm waiting for I... the fucking Blu-ray to come out. When I, is I that won't... coming out? I won't spoil anything, but I it's, I mean, it's just, like, I don't care for a lot of Shonen, honestly. Uh, just because I find it kind of boring, predictable. Some people really fuck with it. I don't personally. but I, I love Shonen. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. But uh I I liked this one in particular because there's just like a higher quality with its storytelling and its animation and like its characters. 
that you don't really find in a whole lot of shonen that really sticks out from the crowd. Like the 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 boar boy. Like, come on. Like he is like in Inosuke, he's like he's the reason I all even watched Demon Slayer to begin with, because he's so fucking funny. Like <laughs> and like the animation is so beautiful. And it really like appeals to Zoomers in particular too. And I feel like they're like the main demographic that are consuming these products. Because they're not buying out Superman and all that kind of stuff. Like that appeals nope. more to like an older demographic and children. So like the people that are in between the age of like older and children, they're the people that are buying most of these Demon Slayer products and manga products. You know, they're they're the ones that are getting into like manga collection nowadays. Adolescence. Not... Mm-hmm. Well, look so, at even the the price for some of this stuff. Like, I have the the Shonen Jump app, and it's only two dollars a month, and you get everything. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, how do you even compete with that? That's how comics used to be. They used to be just a couple of cents. Like maybe if you bought like a ton of comics, you bought like two dollars worth of comics a month, and now they're selling some of these just garbage American comics, Marvel and DC both. For like five, six dollars, sometimes ten dollars for special issues. It's insane. That's how manga used to be. Manga used to be really. I don't know how expensive it is nowadays, but you could easily pay like twelve dollars for one, one little comic book. Yeah, but you get so much with it. You get a couple of chapters. Some of them, if they're finished, I just bought because I'd never read the Full Metal Alchemist manga, so I bought the whole thing and I got them in three in one which I thought was a really nice value. It was only fourteen ninety nine for like three volumes. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've been reading through that. Uh, I didn't think that was too bad. Even the regular ones, when they're not three and one, I don't think 10 bucks for, I mean, shit, these are like 200 something pages usually. I think that's a pretty good deal, to be honest. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, what, like aren't most comics? ninety nine for f- like 20 something pages. Yeah, for 20 pages, yeah. And you can't even just read that one. You've got to read like, you know, 13 other fucking books to keep up with it. It's expensive. Not to mention the volumes of other series that you have to follow because everything is a crossover event now. So if you're reading for a story in X-Men, you've got to go and pick up like the Incredible Hulk because something happens in there that's very important to like what you're reading right now. Or you've got to go and pick up Captain America. And I've always hated that. But it's been this gimmick from Marvel for like the past 20 years at this point that crossovers do well and they sell well because they force you to buy series you wouldn't normally read. And it's just, it's really just exploiting the fans at this point. I've noticed that because like um, people often compare like comics to like male soap operas because there is like a lot of like intrinsic lore that happens over decades and decades of information. With, With manga, it's less about you know who slept with who and who like an evil ex coming back or we have to defeat this guy because it's really just this the guy in disguise or whatever um it's less about that and it's more of like a simpler story to keep up with um because if i could if i could you know what they should have done i think the really good example of how they should have managed these characters because like that's a really good point like 100 like what some of these characters have been around for like 60 70 80 years now mm-hmm. and they just ignore a lot of this lore anyway I think like the really good way to do this would be like uh look at like Gundam or like Tenshi Muyo how they do like reboots and they just reboot all the characters. And just it's kind of like they kind of already did this with uh 
with Marvel did the Ultimate Universe. Remember that? Yeah. Where they had like a whole new universe. Should just like do these arcs and just reboot it every uh, couple of years. I, a lot of people don't like that idea, but I think that that would inject new life into it. I think people get really sick of it when it comes to the movies in particular, when they reboot everything. I think that's where like people's most their point of contention, not just like the comet specifically. Because well, I mean, the universes wouldn't go away. They could come back to them once in a while, but mm. they keep just telling, well, maybe that's, I mean, there's, this is a long conversation to have, but it's like, you know, now they, they just talk about ideology all the time. And if they're not doing that, they're kind of just retelling the same stories that they've already done. Sometimes it's like, what more can you do with these characters doing Art. political ideology with them? Isn't going to work. That's fucking, it's a horrible idea. That's just, that has not worked. Or when they tried to, uh, if you were going to see Iron Man and you were going into the comic shop, well, let me check out an Iron Man comic. You got a comic book called Iron Man with a teenage black girl on it. You know, like that's not what people were looking for. And see, they're doing that same thing now, but with the movies and the TV shows, they're trying to transition over to what they're doing in the comic book world. And I mean, thus far, it's not translating very well. Well, Black Widow just had uh, one of the worst second weekend drop-offs for a Marvel movie ever. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. I heard it bombed. I'm yeah, actually going to go I, see it after recording this episode. <laughs> so. I just watched Red Letter Media's review of it, <laughs> to be honest, and that was like... They oh, downvoted the shit out. Like, the Marvel stands attacked it. No, 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 no. That was a meme. That was a meme. That was, that was a plant. You fell for that obvious plant. So, <laughs> at the very end, like, the last two seconds... They were like, hey, let's get our fans to just like the shit out of this video. So they were, oh. they, they did that. So, oh, okay. So at a glance, you would be like, oh, Marvel movie fans are pissed. But honestly, it was just. I their... didn't finish the whole video. Yeah, so, it was like okay. the last like two, two minutes. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, Red Letter Media is, like, their like to dislike ratios are always, like, super, super high. Because their fans watch every one of their videos, so. Okay, well, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. Because I'm, I'm looking at that ratio. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, no. there's no way people really enjoyed that movie that much. And you could tell, they because the word of mouth for that movie would have had to have been terrible for it to have such a drop-off. I think and Space I Jam it. is having a better, like... <laughs> premiere week than uh fucking marvel did to be I honest we were just talking yeah. about that before we started recording yeah. that space jam has beaten black widow and taken like, the number <laughs> one spot yeah i i fucking hate lebron james so i don't, I don't know i have hbo max i might just watch it to keep up on shit because it's free on hbo max right now so uh we'll see Wanna yeah we've got it, it too i might watch, i might uh tune in rather watch some point. gundam Oh, yeah, go ahead and talk about that, because I saw you posted on Twitter that you're going back and you're really starting to hit, like, the universal century hard. Yeah, I always watch the alternate universes, because I never wanted to get into the universal century. Because from what I understand, you have to watch everything if you want to know what's yes. going on. And that the the first show, the animation is rough. So I picked up the the movie trilogy. I'm going to try and just get through it that way. Because I really want to watch Z Gundam, and uh, particularly the MS uh, Eighth Team, Eighth MS Team, Eighth MS yeah. Team is fantastic, and I love that, I love Zeta and Double Zeta Gundam. 
The I hear like uh, zero or zero eight or is it eighty and eighty three are really good. Yeah, like, what's the one where you like see it from the citizen's perspective? Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like that one's supposed to be really good. So I want to watch all these, but I've just I've never wanted to get double O eighty War here. in the Pocket. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. But I've watched like Turn a Gundam, G Gundam, Gundam X. Like, I love and the wing. Yeah. Anyway. But I talked to somebody enemy Matsuri and was like, just watch the movie trilogy and then you can get in all of these shows if they are. So I've been buying them. I have pretty much everything. So this is gonna take me probably two months to watch all of this shit, but it's all good. Have you guys ever thought about um building Gundams? Yeah, Finally. I can have a couple. I've kind of started to dabble in that a little bit. Dude, those I sets are the, so uh, expensive. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I have yeah. Uh, Death Scythe Hell Custom. I love... Like, Death Scythe was always my favorite, because Duo was always I've my got favorite. The, I've got the the Heavy Arms Master Custom. The, the Ooh, Master Grace. Nice. Uh, for the one from Endless Waltz. Yeah, that's the one I have for Death Scythe, was the Endless Waltz version. Okay, I love he- Heavy Arms. It's probably my favorite Gundam. Because I love guns, yeah. <laughs> that thing was a giant gun, you know. So, like, I just love that Gundam. It's one of my favorite designs. I love that the chest just opens up and like just shoots missiles and all this shit. And one of my favorite fights of all the series I've seen was when uh, when Hiro Yui fights uh, the tall geese and he fights in the heavy arms. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, I loved that fight. So there's there's a lot of that. I just that's one of the few that stuck with me plus I, I love red and i just love that color i always thought troa was really interesting you know because he he's not really troa right that whole uh the barton foundation plot line there yeah so that's really what know. made endless waltz great was really like going into his backstory and kind of starting to reveal a little bit more about him that you really didn't get in the main series Yeah. Yeah, love, love that stuff. Gundam Wing is one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite series. Love Gundam Wing series. is really what got me into Gundam. Um, yeah, I was aware. Too. I was aware of it, but I didn't really like go into it until I saw Wing on uh, Cartoon Network, and I was like, "Oh yeah. man, this is awesome! I love this." Do you remember at night they would play it uncut? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was that was yeah. awesome. It was the mid tsunami, the midnight run, or whatever. Yep. Oh, that was good. I said, you guys, like, you guys should go to Japan and go to that, like, life-size Gundam that's in, I forget, I think it's in Tokyo, but uh, it's huge. Have you guys seen seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. It looks amazing. I've got a picture. I've got a funny picture that I I had to save immediately uh, as a reaction image. And let me see if I can go find it. (laughs) But it's the, uh, oh, here, I found it. It's the, uh, it's the giant Gundam. And they were doing, like, a little uh, hydraulics test. And they had the Gundam flip everyone <laughs> off. It was it was absolutely great. Here's the here's the image up on the screen. It's, it's oh. pretty based. Based. Japan. Who paid for that? I don't even know. Some rich businessman that loves Gundam built it. I would do that if I had multi billions of dollars. <laughs> I would do commission stupid shit like that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I love Japan. I'd love to go to Japan, but I'm kind of at the point. I don't think you know what the way things are. They'll ever let me travel there. We can hope one day. Well, aren't they like the Olympics supposed to be still a thing? I don't know. I don't keep up with sports. I don't know. The only thing I've kept up with is the fact that the American basketball team is getting embarrassed 
and uh, the weight, female weightlifting competition. I'm waiting for our new champion to rise. Uh, Does it have a one. penis? Uh, <laughs> yes, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And uh, rising up in more than one way. <laughs> yeah. I'm really waiting for the trans men to hit WNBA. Make that a little bit more interesting. You know, we get some of the more failed NBA players to transition over to the WNBA, and then they can be stars. That would be really oh. funny. <laughs> the only thing I've kept up with sports is like apparently one like uh, like a black chick who's a runner. I I don't even know what the fuck running is. Like the the one oh, where you she smoked weed. Yeah, she smoked weed and then she got yeah. kicked out, and people. Were I don't think out. they should have kicked her out, but. I don't think so either. I, I think that was. I, I understand rules are rules, but fuck, I, didn't she? From what I understand, she only smoked like one time, and it was just in that month. I don't know. It it's doesn't not really even that it, much. It decreases it, like your like your performance. Actually, I don't know. Like, why, it wouldn't make any relieving, difference. There's some pain relieving elements. I've worked out high before, and uh, you definitely can do a little bit more. Maybe that was just my experience. Because, I mean, I mean, it is a pain reliever. And I think that there's some, like, joint, if you have, like, joint issues, I think it really, I, I'm not too much into what it actually has for benefits like that. I do know that it's a pain reliever for a lot of people. Yeah, it, no, I thought that was stupid. Uh, the stupidest thing, though, was, like, when people tried making a black woman race issue, I was like, what? <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. about race. It's that she broke the rules. Regardless, but uh, it's it's a stupid rule, especially because weed is getting legalized. Like, it's going to get legalized pretty much all across the United States by the time we get old. Like, it's it's just it's inevitably. Like, I don't know, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's legal. Well, you know, at the state level, it's legal where I'm at. It's nice. I like going to these stores and buying candy, and and I get like the vape pens, mm-hmm. which is all I like to use anymore. I had a, a not to be like weed the mouth show, but uh, I tried. I did try some California gummies, and those shit that 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 is something that is intense. Like, cause uh, shooting weed over here in the south is it's terrible, <laughs> it's terrible. But uh, the THC they put inside of gummies, California, holy shit! <laughs> I felt like I was in fucking space. They last a long time too. I eat a candy. I eat half a candy bar. And uh, it, I almost don't like how long it lasts. It's like four or five hours. It's in, Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. You know, I'd yeah. rather, if, if I'm going to smoke, I'd rather just do it like relaxing. I have nothing else better to do that night. Anyway. Yeah, and so, uh, what, Japan's what, very strict. Uh, just to add one quick point to the end of this. Uh, Japan is actually very, very strict as far as like travel rules oh, yeah. regarding uh, testing positive for weed or having it. Um, there's a lot of like uh, wrestlers oh, that you are banned from Japan. Over there. Yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers that are banned from going to Japan because they either like possessed it or were like caught with it in their system as they were trying to come into or leave the country. So yeah. So I think that probably ties into it a little bit as well with the Olympics thing. I see the people saying rules are rules and it's like, I hear you, but it's like, I don't know. It's not like she was high while she was doing shit. Since we're talking about uh, giant robots, I wanted to talk a little bit about, Super Robot Wars 30 coming to the West on Steam. It looks it looks pretty good uh, if you guys are into like the turn based strategy stuff. I know so that's not some people's cup of tea, but I I like that stuff. Uh, I never I, got into them. Like like I we were saying before the stream started, I would like a robot fighting game with all of the different popular mechs. 
I that think. was pretty awesome. Why can't they do that if they make this game? Well, like, they had I, uh, a Koei Tecmo and released that uh, Gundam uh, Gundam Dynasty Warriors game. And I loved that game. That was so awesome. I wish that we could have like a Super Robot Wars game that was in that sort of style. I would like to see fighting. Did you ever play on the Super Nintendo? They had Gundam fighting games and they weren't that bad. Yeah, I had the, uh, the Gundam Wing one. Yeah. Yeah, I played. I don't know if I played because the one I played had different suits in it from different genres, but it had uh, Wing Zero in it. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I think they they should make a Gundam flight simulator almost where it's like you feel like you're piloting the actual Gundam inside of it. You get to tinker around with it like you're like IRL piloting. I think that would be pretty based. They sort of did I that know. with the Xbox cool, with uh, this game called Steel Battalion where you had yeah, I remember to buy like $200 controller. This like $200 what? controller with like pedals yeah. and everything and dials. Steel Battalion? Steel Battalion, yeah. I always want to... I might try... I'd love Never to got track to play that, that down. game. I wonder how much that goes for now. I'd love to track that down and try it. Because oh, I don't wow. think there's been anybody that's ever replicated that. That is a very intricate controller. I Isn't will it say. amazing? Holy shit. A sealed battalion never opened an original shipping box, Capcom. It runs for $4,000. No. Well, never yeah. mind. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Uh, damn. Yeah, there's the controller. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I remember that. I, w- I wanted it. It was like 200 bucks. It was like $200, I want to say, is the price when that came out. And, you know, fuck, I couldn't afford that. Almost nobody could. That's why it was yeah. considered a commercial <laughs> failure. Why did no one ever made it? No one ever made it. It's a shame, though, because that controller. I wish they would like that. Was it's such a good, but it is so niche. You know, how many people would buy that? I mean, if I had the money, I would. And I think that was the thing is that everyone would have bought it if it wasn't so expensive because everybody wants to pilot a Gundam. That is the fact of life. If you ask people that know what Gundam is, like, hey, do you want to pilot a Gundam? Hell yeah, I want to pilot a Gundam. I would get in the fucking robot. I would get in the fucking robot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I guess you could, like, you could make a cheaper version of that nowadays with our technology. But, like, I feel like just using a keyboard would probably suffice. Because I feel like that's how most people play Flight Simulator, right? It's just that you just use your little keyboard. Yeah, but it doesn't look as cool as that. That's true. Or they could make like um this would probably be a even bigger waste of money, but they would could make a um like a what's it called like a oh fuck I'm I'm brain farting but the uh the, those giant well <laughs> arcade arcade machine like a arcade giant machine, arcade machine yeah. yeah arcade cabinets yes <laughs> I don't know why what's with my brain today there I'm was sorry, a Star Wars game like that we'd have you'd have to get like there's actually that could because the arcade one upsell I have like five of them. Have you, seen really the, cool. have you seen the fucking quartering basement? He's got every single one of them. He's basically turned his basement into like an arcade, uh, just a full-on arcade. It's cool. I yeah. would do something like that, except I'd probably buy weeb games, which are mostly just dance, dancing games. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely buy those kind of games. Did you own a uh, Dance Dance Revolution pad with your PlayStation? Uh, I, I did not. My sister owned one for like the Wii. And we played on that. But um, actual dance dance games, like the actual arcade machines, are way harder to play. <laughs> and 
they're way more fun. Me and Flamingo actually played on one because we went to a barcade in, in um, Knoxville. Went to Bubba Fest. And, well, I uh, went to that. I went to that also. Yes, we met. I, I went to that. Well, I mean that arcade that you're talking about there. I oh, know the exactly. barcade in Knoxville. Yeah, I went there. Oh uh, wow, it was pretty cool. Damn, I wish I had known that place existed when we went to Knoxville for the uh, for the Tonka Warski fight. I would have God, totally that gone was, there. That is uh, over two years ago. I know. I was also there. It blows my mind that it's been that long. All the, There's all so of much this... shit that's happened. Oh God. <laughs> It's crazy because anyway. that was about the same time that like the Vic stuff was going on too. Was that that event? And it's yeah, just... it was right around the that was around the the peak time of it. Around because a little bit before that was Anime Matsuri of that year too. Why don't you talk about Anime Matsuri? I, you went. Uh, Nick Ricada was there. Vic was there. Those lines. I saw the pictures. Wow. Yeah, Vic's line was busy the whole time. The whole I... time. That's what it's like meeting Vic Mignotta, man. Like, you could very well stand there for two to three hours just to get to meet Vic. It's kind of insane, actually. It's just like that both at Bubba Fest and Matsuri. Two, three hours. Although Bubba Fest was, like, more cramped, too, because there was, like, even bigger name celebrities that were there, too, because there was, um... Yeah. Um, you, had Lord, you had Game of Thrones people there. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of, because uh, it's, uh, you know, a Southern con. They had a lot of Southern stars. I think, like, that racer. Fuck. What's his name? Rich, is it Richard Petty? There was Wasn't the... Uh, Richard Petty, yeah. I think there he was, was there. The guy who... Uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Chuck? Uh, what's his name? The guy, karate guy? Yeah. Our brain is... My brain is just fried today. I don't know Chuck what's Morris. with me. Chuck was, Norris. Chuck Norris. Yes, Chuck. Walker, Texas there. Ranger. Yeah. He had when he was there, his line was crazy too. Like I think he had the biggest one out of all of them because I I don't know it was the Southerners loving Chuck Norris, but um, we we loved him Chuck Norris. I don't know. It's because <laughs> every Southerner is required to watch Walker Texas Ranger at least once. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, my parents liked that show. I never I never got into it. Yeah, that that is a, a good summary of like what Vic Mignogna's lines like. I think right behind that, where someone's taking that photo was a. Uh, really expensive statues i happened to like i was watching nick Arcadis stream and i think they had like these like ten thousand dollar statues like figures and they were roped off like insanely expensive like life-size what statues were they of i don't know only guy got like a glance at them i'm sure if you tried finding them hard enough you could find them but they were they were so expensive they had to be roped off like you couldn't see them like face yeah they didn't want people touching those things because they're yeah. that expensive I can't imagine the shipping costs on one of them because they were like huge. Vic had a giant uh, statue of Broly holding Goku's face in his fist at his table it was really amazing. That had to be that had to have cost at least two or three thousand dollars. I would imagine that was mm. probably one of the coolest statues I've ever seen. It was big. Real big, not life size or anything, but fuck, you put it on a table, you know, no one would miss it. How hot was it in Houston? It wasn't too bad. I didn't go off and travel around. Like, we one night, a couple of us went to this bar a little bit away, but for the most part, you know, we were indoors most of the time. It wasn't too bad, but it is muggy, really muggy. It's like last year in Matsuri. Well, I say last year. I meant two years ago, 2019. Jesus. It's, it's almost like 2020 just 
it was such a forgettable year. So much shit happened at the same time, but like nothing happened. So I, my timeline is a little bit fucked up. So 2019 Matsuri, it rained, but oh my God, when it rains in Houston, it pours. Like it was flooding by the time we got there. Like it was about 20 minutes between our Airbnb and like the actual, um, place where it took like Matsuri's at so we drove there and it was just like like six inches of rain popped out of nowhere i'm not even exaggerating like it was insane because it's like houston's like it's close to the ocean right and it's really yep. flat and really low the port city i didn't even yeah. know that until uh until i think nick showed us and he was showing us like because it's right there you know i didn't even mm-hmm. know that until uh until we talked about it because yeah, when you can... think Texas, you don't think Port City or, you know, like yeah. right by the ocean. But You kind of man. forget how close Houston is to the ocean, how big of a city it actually is. Because yeah. Houston's huge. It's the size of Rhode Island. Like, it's huge. But I stayed close to the con because, fuck, city crime is way up. And uh, I didn't feel like, you know, <laughs> yeah. getting into some kind of altercation with somebody. Didn't feel like chancing it. it. Yeah, so I stayed close to where everybody was. Yeah. Well, we went to that one bar. We went to uh, we went with a a nice little group though. There's a couple of us that are, you know, like pretty tall, pretty big. So no one was. I didn't really think anyone was gonna fuck with us. It wouldn't have been the wisest decision, you know. There were was, people think, like threatening you guys before. No, like, they're no, like, We're gonna but, kick your ass in Matsuri. No, no, I I had no worries about that. I was thinking more of when we walked. The one time we ventured out to a bar, like. You know, we had to walk a little ways to get there. That the only the only time I was thinking about it then was because of crime in cities. Because you know everyone's defunding their cops and cops are quitting. So crime's up in Houston, just like any other city. I see. You don't want to get mugged and all that. I yeah. see. See, here's the difference between Anime Matsuri and Otakon. Otakon has canceled their made cafes, but apparently Anime Matsuri, it still happened. Wait, why did they cancel it? Because of, uh, you know, the pandemic or whatever. Yeah, they had a rave on Saturday night. I didn't go to it, but I guess there was a, a big crowd for it. Yeah, there's some, pictures, had, there's some pictures of it on their uh, on their Instagram. But they had, uh, you know, panels all day, every day, and it was just like going to a normal con. It was nice. <laughs> Felt like, you know, actual life again. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad the mask mandate has been lifted in most places, except for like California, California, I think LA specifically. They're starting to like crack down again, but that's that's LA. <laughs> Fuck LA. So Yeah, I, I still I still wore one I well when I was in costume I was wearing one. But anytime we uh you know weren't around thick or something, I was just dressed normally. It was nice. Is this a rave? Or they just, yeah, this they is just the look rave. like they're oh, just that the anime sticking around. <laughs> yeah, that's at Anime Matsuri. They did a, a panning shot of the crowd there. Yeah, did I, I didn't go. I had no interest in going to that. <laughs> Zero. Be around a bunch of sweaty weebs standing around pretending the party with their light I sticks. I don't be around any sweaty people in a close. My time at these kinds of things are done. How was the smell, though? Was it stinky? Was it putrid? No, that's such a. Well, I take it back. There are one or two people that stunk, but there's <laughs> always people that stink everywhere. Generally, nowadays, uh, conventions are really, really, really on about people not taking showers because 
back in like the heyday of when I was going to anime conventions, that had like become a serious problem because you had yeah. people. You, well, you it's just, more mainstream now. It's not like it yeah. was, you know, not even 10 years ago. It's anime is very mainstream now. Very mainstream. It's yeah, not like can, this little ask, niche thing anymore. Yeah, you can just ask people on the street, and most of the time, more often than not, I'd say like 70% of the time, if you ask them about like simple stuff like Pokemon, they would probably be like, oh yeah, I know what Pokemon is. Or even like uh, Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah, yeah, I know what Dragon Ball Z is. Well, Dragon Ball Super is, is trending on Twitter right now. Is it really? Oh, really? God of Destruction is. Because, oh, did they release some news? Vegeta, there's a Vegeta God of Destruction form now. The I manga's know. been going for a while. He looks like Super Saiyan 3. Hold on, I'll put it in the chat. I still read the manga. They Every month you get a new chapter. It's I do not too. that good. Oh, I see it. It's not that good. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this uh, this current storyline with uh, with like the people that were like defeated by the Saiyans or whatever, and they they like tricked this guy into trying to kill Goku. Here's here's here it is. I'll bring it up on yep. the screen here. That's God of Destruction, Vegeta. So you know, a new toy, basically. <laughs> That's the point of that. Yeah. I don't know if, and like... I'll, I'll probably, honestly, buy it. Do, do Dragon Ball Z Blu-rays sell very well? Yeah. Do you think? They, oh, I would yeah. say so. They, well, they look at how much... All you gotta do is to look how much they reissue it. They milk the fuck out of that series. I mean, right now, they have uh, four by three steelbooks for sale that have been coming out. Hmm. And the big deal on that is, well, now it's in four by three. Like, it should have been the entire fucking time. Yeah, I kind of assume the video games sell better than, like, the Blu-rays and all that. I mean, that's just me assuming. But, because, like, it's like every, like, couple years there's a new Dragon Ball Z fighting game. And they sell, they sell really, really well. People love them. Yeah. This series, I'm wait. you know, they're going to come out with a 4K version and all this stuff. I, mm -hmm. I'm done. I have the whole series. I'm not buying it again. <laughs> I'm not doing it, man. I mean, you can't make me buy it all over. You can't make me spend two hundred dollars in a Blu-ray set again. Fuck that. Well, you know how Funimation does. Money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always do this too, every single time. And now that they're owned by Sony, you know, you you pull in Aniplex and all these other Sony owned owned properties and everything. And you know, I think that's a really good uh, segue point into one of the things I want to talk about next, which is. Uh, Sony has really gone all in on censoring anime games, and it's just anime oh, yeah. games for some reason. Like, you know, Last of Us 2, you can have, uh, you know, uh, how do I say this without immediately demonetizing You can the have a sex scene. Yes, there you go. Yeah. You can have a, a depiction of nudity in Last of Us 2, but you can't show Minato Namikaze's arm being ripped off. In a video game. And it's insane. You can't show uh, Atelier Ryza's thighs, but you can show, like, almost full nudity in a well, Sony even at a, That's that point you brought up about the arm. They had, uh, I think it was the last Naruto Shippuden fighting game. The, the fourth Okage, he loses his arms. Did you watch Naruto Shippuden? Do you read it or yes. anything? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I watched So you know where he loses his arms? 
Mm-hmm. Remember, he loses his arms uh, in the game. They they didn't take his arms away, and it was from what I remember. I'm not 100 percent sure on it, so you'd have to follow it up if you wanted to. But I believe Sony told them they didn't want uh, that kind of imagery. They didn't want him losing his arms. But it's, yeah, it was CyberConnect's CEO uh, Hiroshi Matsuyama actually confirmed that Sony was the one that told them not to do that. And they had a similar controversy with uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And this is happening to like, like uh, I mentioned Atelier Ryza, but it's becoming more and more common. Yeah. With all of these anime games that like they're going back in and they're, they're censoring. And, you know, we're seeing that a lot now with Funimation too. Like beforehand, you know, no one wanted to watch the dubs because you know, especially for the second tier anime, like usually with like their main stuff, it's usually fine. But like their second and third tier stuff, like the like the waifu anime or like the really mm-hmm. fan service or the isekai and stuff like that that they do, they tend to throw a bunch of like stupid, pointless localizations in the dub references to feminism and harassment and stuff like Gamer-gate. that. Gamergate. Yeah, <laughs> that was right. weird in, in fucking prison school. Yeah, that was so stupid. But uh, they they did that in the dubs. And so you just said, well, I'm just not going to watch the dubs. I'm just going to watch the subtitles. And now, as we saw with Nagatoro, they're slowly but surely starting to localize the subs more and more, too. And not like the, the cool localization back in the day, like with uh, Gunsmith Cats, where they actually made it better by localizing it. They're just throwing in like really stupid references to feminism and ma- empowerment and ma- harassment and ma- male gaze and all of this stuff into the subtitles too to try to make the the dubs and the subs match. And it's just it's it's cringy. Uh, the big controversy over Nagatoro was they they changed you're acting suspicious, you're acting weird to you're acting sus for the the Amugas meme. <laughs> when are we gonna have a nagatora amungus mod come on (laughs) where you just you dress up as a little tan like uh you know astronaut creature with like i don't know pigtails or something you get the bully (laughs) instead of like killing you just bully the shit out of everyone unironically that would probably sell really well (laughs) i mean weebs would love it man people are like weebs love like i want a mommy gf that bullies and steps on me did you guys hear about that in the matsuri about a girl like stepping on people yes she had a sign up say i'll step on you for free was she attractive um yeah was she weeb attractive Eh. yeah (laughs) that's unfortunate and, you know, people like that shit, though, so. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought it was pretty funny. I'm going to talk about this tonight on my stream, too, but the, you know, did you see the, did you see what was it? The, so there was this cosplay girl there. I don't know who she is, but she was a big part of the hentai stuff at Enemy Montsuri. Mm-hmm. And somebody sent out fake emails saying that she's going to raffle off full service sex. What? <laughs> he would be giving hand jobs and blow jobs in the uh <laughs> in That's the, weird. I remember Nick talking section. about this because he it was, was pointing fake. out how fucking stupid people were for actually believing that shit. I got to admit I thought it was kind of funny, but 
people were taking this seriously because Anime News Network, I guess, reported on this. Yeah, fuck as them. As being like almost a real thing. Mars Girl was saying, I'm not sure if this is true, but if it is. Trying to wreck Anime Matsuri. Are they trying to stuff. say we should allow sex work in Anime Matsuri? We should allow people to prostitute themselves? Is this what, am I getting that right? They should. They should allow people to prostitute themselves at anime cons. I mean, it's an anime yeah. con. That thing kind of, kind of happens. From time <laughs> to time. Yeah, it's being I'm, blatant I'm sure. about it. You know, you got a lot of pent up weebs all together. Well, I mean, look at just the the stories that have have come out. You know, from the these accusations against Vic. Like you go, you go back and you start looking into some of these characters, and some of these people have a track record, and that track record is not hidden that track record has been discussed numerous times uh uh, jay montello all these people they have a track record they have a history uh so pull pull's another great example of just pull yeah (laughs) they've they've all got track records you know the conventions like before they really became mainstream they were kind of this like wretched hive of scum and villainy if you just walk to the wrong part of the convention, they were absolute degeneracy. Didn't Pole get shut down? They did finally, yeah. Um, I'm not sure specifically like what happened if they just decided to pull the plug or if they just didn't have the money anymore. But yeah, it went down. I guess they all went back to uh, CGL or whatever. I-, I figured they all went to lockout because what? So I used to browse CGL kind of often. Back in high school, because I I would mostly read it because what they would do, so they they really monitored the crap out of it and they made it not as fun as it used to be. So CGL used to be more of a gossip form because it used to be ran by fat Lolitas, and fat Lolitas are subhumans. So these subhumans would just do nothing but talk <laughs> shit about other J fashion cosplay people around the scene. And they would always have, like, uh, cosplay horror stories that involved rape. And if they ever involved rape, I just assumed that they were lying most of the time. You know, so some of them are true, but most of them are just, like, you know, they're lying, right? So, but that, that's that's what it used to be. And then, in like, a lot of people, because they started moderating the crap out of it, like I said, they moved to pull in uh, Log Howl so they could talk shit about people. Speaking of rape. Hot. <laughs> Isn't it funny? What did you What did you think of that statistic that the the creator of Redo of Healer put out? That's like all women that love that show. It's. I, uh, I think it. it's. I think it's mostly. I, I think what it was was like <clears throat> mostly women. Mostly women. Yeah, that's watch the, it and like yeah. it. And uh, he was like, "Well, all women love rape, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's my my mutual. He, like, I don't really get super excited when people follow me, but I. I lost it. I was so happy when he followed me. Redo's, Redo's author. <laughs> I'd uh, would love to get him on our show because we reviewed every episode. I don't know if he can speak English is the only thing. Oh, is that it? That might hmm. be a problem. Then. You'd have to get like a translator on and then figure out his schedule because he lives in opposite times. So. Yeah, that'd be that'd be too hard to pull through. <laughs> but it'd be great but- if you could like uh, like maybe conduct like an interview or something like that at some point. That would be kind of neat. And then just like play it on your show. I was really did. Did you see that? Like, it seems like all of the Twitter weirdos and and stuff. They just decided universally we're just not going to talk about this show. <laughs> because oh, yeah, Mother Space didn't bring it up. It. 
<laughs> when they yeah. were talking about it, they boosted it to like the number one selling anime. Yeah. Yeah, I find it weird that uh, Mother's Basement, I don't know if you know who that Gaylord is, oh, uh, Flash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard of him. He's he's a fucking weirdo. So, like, Mother's Basement made a whole video basically saying how Goblin Slayer was actually erotic with its rape scene and how it made him horny, and that was bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. He went to grand detail about why... The rape scene in Goblin Slayer was made specifically to get off to. Like he he made out he he pointed out because I watched it recently, like a few weeks ago, because I was like, huh, I wonder how well this aged. It didn't age very well at all. So I I watched it again, and he went into very graphic details about how because they were getting their clothes ripped off, and you could see like the edge of their butts and boobs. Right, that was that was horny posting. Instead of just just obviously that that's going to happen when you get raped, right? <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, that was a really piss poor decision on his part. And then this this anime, the whole point of it is it's it's rape. It's rape the anime. Like it's it's I mean, let's be honest, it's fetish. Every episode there's they find a reason to put some sex or rape mm-hmm. in it. Like cuz there's one episode that I didn't think was going to have any. I don't remember which one it is. It's when they get to that town where the humans and the monsters live together. Yeah. And there's like, oh, we're not going to have any sex in this episode. But like right at the end, they find a way. <laughs> they always, yeah, it, always insert it into every episode somehow, it, some way. It's fetish fuel at the end. It, I mean, it's schlocky fetish fuel at the end. But I like it because it's so shocking and it's like, it's funny. It's it's a funny anime if you just like realize what you're watching and you just kind of kick back and you're like, okay, this is so ridiculous. I can't, I can't not laugh at this. Not, and that's the whole point is that it's supposed to be over the top ridiculous and, and the author doesn't try to hide it or anything. No, he yeah. he's, comes off as so charming. <laughs> I liked him in that Joey interview he did with the anime man. I, I, he, he came out was great, but like it's weird because Joey was uh, shitting on Ridiculer before. He thought it was fucking stupid, but then all of a sudden, when he got a uh, advertisement from High Dive to do that interview, he wasn't shooting on it as much. Hmm, big think, huh? Anime man, fake piece of shit. <laughs> Did he kill his family? I think I've recently learned this. Wait, who? Oh, no, that's Mr. Anime. <laughs> that's a completely different person, if you're, that's what oh, you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> no, the anime, <laughs> the anime man, his name is Joey, and he's Australian, and he lives in uh, Japan, Japan. He's half Japanese, and he'll bring oh, okay. it up. He, he had to move there so he could actually watch the stuff then, huh? Well, no, well, he... Because in Australia, they... I think Australia's they banned, like, like, 90% of all anime. Yeah. He might have. I don't know. Well, either way, but Mr... Mr. Anime is the one that was a serial killer. Okay. So, I All feel right. like I feel like Joey Joey has come to that realization and has really regretted his name, the Anime Man, because it's very <laughs> similar to Mr. Anime. Yeah, but I didn't uh, I didn't hear about this until like a couple days ago. It's like, mm. whoa, that's not cool. No, no, it's yeah, it's not cool to be a serial killer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like um. I would have expected it, it to be uh, Quentin before. <laughs> so that's there's Quentin. a shock there. Oh, Quentin reviews, man. I don't know. Do you know about Quentin reviews, Flash? No, I don't think I've ever. I try to avoid the community as much as possible. That's fair. To be honest. Uh, yeah. This <laughs> is most of them, from my experience, are a bunch of uh, just, you know, we don't agree on, I'm sure, a many an issue. 
like I'm, a, I'm sure. Speaking of Lindsay Ellis, like we did before, he uh, essentially, well, he he made his claim to fame by talking about Garfield, which is fine. I like I like Garfield, but then like something all of a sudden just changed in him whenever Trump got reelected or got elected. He was just like he was being a pussy about it. He was like, "Guys, I really hate Trump," and he slams his desk like, "Guys, I just I hate Trump," and he just gets like kind of really weirdly angry but like in the, like the most pussified way that you could be angry that's the only way i could describe it so he's been like he's been um clout chasing political people like contra and all those people ever since but he he really liked Lindsay a lot and he got her dms and she exposed him for not him and movie bob for not getting the picture of uh i don't want to talk to you leave me alone because they would constantly egg her on, be like, hey, Lindsay, hey, Lindsay, we should collab, we should do this. Oh, you're at this con? Please hang out with me. Hey, Lindsay, hey, Lindsay. And she's like, no, this is creepy. So, yes, yeah. There's a lot of guys that I don't think that understand. Like, they just don't get it. Or it's like, I think you can kind of just get the hint. I mean, most people, maybe it's autism or something. <laughs> you know, like, isn't that the whole thing? They just don't get it. Yeah. Get social cues and stuff. Probably it's like, autism. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Uh, Maybe they're autistic. There's just a high chance that a lot of YouTubers are autistic. <laughs> I've come to find out. Oh, yeah, did you find the was, DMs? Yeah, I found <laughs> the DMs where he just like would constantly message her over and over and over again. And what was so funny yeah, about this? July 12th, September 8th, September 10th. Like, okay, you didn't get a response anywhere in those times. Maybe just, you know, go away now. That's you so know, sad. If I'm in town, if you're free, if not, I totally understand. Hey, sorry, never mind. Like, like about it, like a few minutes later. That's so fucking sad. And this or no, a day later. Pathetic. It's a day later. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this this just looks pathetic. That that probably wasn't helping his chances already. You know. <laughs> Guess how they figured out? Because she didn't re- she didn't reveal it was Quentin. Guess how people found out that she was talking about Quentin. People compared. The little tiny sliver at the bottom, the very bottom of the page there, that little tiny sliver right there that you can see. They compared it and overlaid it over a <laughs> picture of Quentin. <laughs> and that's how they figured out it was him. <laughs> now, that's kind of autistic in itself, too, to be able to use that tiny slither I to mean, find this shit. Yeah, but... <laughs> But it's autism so breeds more autism, man. Yeah, it sure does, huh? <laughs> God bless them. And that's just yeah. really just going back into it, just like avoiding the rest of the community because this is what you get. <laughs> this is this is these people, the the people that you know orbited around Channel Awesome and that guy with the glasses, Lindsay Ellis, Mars Girl. Like this is. This is who they are. This is the kinds of people that they are. Yeah, no, for real. These like red tuber types. Like it's it's weird. There's like a pipeline between like, like you get like the channel. Also, like first of all, you get um, angry nerd, right? Angry nerd, and then you have channel awesome. And the people they bred was either they had the Jontrons, or the weird bread tubers. Like Mars Girl and Lindsay Ellis and Quentin, those kind of weirdos. Most of them turned out to be bread tubers. Like they, they really just manifested pussified leftism 
on their YouTube channel. And I mean, they're all financially successful people, except for Mars Girl. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, Lindsay's a multimillionaire. Um, I mean, I'm sure Quentin is on his way to being, like, a, a millionaire at one point. Like, and you have people like well, Fauci's a millionaire. Like, like, all these people are multimillionaires. And I recently found out that H. Barmer guy was a multimillionaire, too. I didn't know didn't know anything about him, but I watched his video last night, and I was like, this is like the most boring shit I think I've ever seen on YouTube, and somehow people love this dude. I I I don't think well, it's very. Well, they love him because he was one of the first people that like really had like hardcore trolls remorse and like tried to renounce like all of the bad things that he did when he was a mean and evil troll on the Medicare. Him and Jim used to actually fuck with each other back in the day. Like it, like it goes yeah, way on the Medicare forums. Yeah, is weird. In fact, yeah, that's watch- uh, one of the reasons why he calls himself Mr. Medicare was because he doesn't want H-Bomber Guy and Haberman to ever forget that, that the Medicare forums existed. I don't watch any bread tubers. You shouldn't. You don't, yeah. you don't want brain rot. <laughs> Seems like they just uh, grift off people's names, pretty much. That's the kind of the gist I got off of it. I don't understand the point, because, like, I mean you're the it's it's such a crazy time right now politically like people are so like you're not gonna people are very like kind of dug in right now on their opinions you know i just don't see that none of them have ever actually damaged anybody and like their favorite punching bag they always go after the quartering and they don't get any they don't nothing has stopped his momentum you know Mm-hmm. No, but all you get are down. detractors. You get his detractors. That's it. And honestly, bread tubers and quartering detractors. I, I will say, quartering fans and bread tubers really love arguing with each other, like nonstop on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's so, so uh, what's so funny about it is the fact that like you have guys like H three H three Ethan Klein going yeah. after quartering. Like, what extra viewers are you going to get from like starting a feud with the quartering? If anything. You just bring yeah, you're more not gonna people get any to watch his, him. Yeah. You're not going to get anybody to go over there that, you know, oh, I'm going to change my mind now. Like, people are so politically divided right now. There's just, I you think, know, there's just nothing that's going to happen from I, that. I think with Ethan Klein, because um, I think with his new audience that he has made, because I, I blame Trisha Paytas with a lot of his, like, his, Ethan was already going down this kind of line, but, like, Trisha Paytas really put the uh, nail on the head with the kind of, type a personality fan audience like the t channel audience that he collected like the people who like to be like that's problematic and so now he has to like moral fig i don't want to say the actual word moral fig for all these people to make it seem like he's better than people like the courting because i'm sure he's like there's nothing financially to gain from it it's just like it's just a way to make himself feel better because he is actually a really like terrible fucking person that uses people and is cop chasing and um doesn't care about anyone other than maybe himself maybe his family but that's about it and you know the notice that kind of sociopathic pattern behavior if you've just been watching him for a while so this is just his way of like trying to come off as moral morally superior and you can see the difference in the content that they produce like like if you when you ever you watch anything that ethan klein produces you can really tell that he kind of doesn't want to be there. He kind of doesn't really enjoy what he's doing. Like, there's been episodes where he, like, really loves it, but usually it's because he's, like, fucking with Trisha Paytas and getting her to, like, freak out. And he enjoys that. But in what do you general... What the point of someone like him, if he doesn't enjoy it, continuing is? 
Because the dude's a millionaire. Like, if I was a millionaire and I'm just not into it, like, why wouldn't you just quit? You know, what, these, do, you, what else do you need? Like, how I much mean, more these, money do you need? Like, these people he could live enjoy, in a mansion and drink margaritas and Mai Tais outside by his pool for the rest of his life. I think these people enjoy, like, the power aspect of it, too, because, like, Ethan Klein has so much power behind the scenes that I'm sure we don't even know, like, the gist of it, because he's highly connected with Susan. Susan Majewski. Hello, Susan, if you're listening to this. Um, and he, I mean, he complained about Leafy is here. Leafy and then, was gone. Then he got beat, yeah. like, banned. And they're like, oh, because he made fun of Pokimane. So, like, he didn't say anything that would get you banned, other than saying she was, like, a 2 out of 10 or whatever. He didn't call yeah. her a, a fat whore or to kill herself. Like, he didn't say anything like that. But that was enough. When after Ethan Klein complained about Leafy, somehow, after his connections with YouTube, and he he brags about how highly connected he is, Leafy got banned. Yeah. Yeah, and, I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence. And well, remember when him only, and Keemstar I, were beefing, Keemstar basically yeah. got told he's no longer allowed to make content about Ethan Klein anymore. And this was after he released like three or uh Ethan Klein released like three separate videos about Keemstar. And Keemstar was the one that was told, No, you're not allowed to respond to this anymore. Yep. I th- I think the only reason Keemstar was not banned like Leafy is because Keemstar is highly connected and highly influential and highly profitable because Keemstar yeah, is a business of money off of him. Keemstar is a businessman first and foremost before a YouTuber. You can tell by his like lazy content, but he is well versed within the YouTube sphere, and that's the only reason they gave Keemstar a slap on the wrist. Leafy is not. Leafy makes his money doing other things that have nothing to do with YouTube, and so they didn't need him, and he didn't need YouTube, and so they kicked him out real fast. And plus, they already like he he was already like shadow banned really bad um, during the 2016 era because. A lot of people don't give Leafy enough credit. He evolutionized this 2016 banter that was really popular amongst commentary community during that time. Because, like, it was that kind of revamp of edginess that was getting pushed out of the internet. And then they just kind of silenced him. So, I mean, and then they got rid of him completely. Like, what was it, last year? So... Yeah, when he came back and just started, like, dunking on everybody, he showed up for, like, I think it was maybe a month, and then... YouTube just pulled the plug like immediately. Yeah, I know it was bullshit. It, it was complete bullshit. And nowadays, people are just getting their channels pulled uh, for just no reason at all. Yeah, like the, they have a weird bot system now. It's scary. Yeah, you never know when you're just going to be like like making content, and all of a sudden, you know, the YouTube bots have determined that they're just going to pull your entire channel, and you're going to have to fight with uh, Team YouTube on Twitter beg them to take yeah, a look you, at and it. it's like it's so bullshit because you can't you have to make a fucking twitter and interact with the youtube staff on twitter you can't even email them or like call them up like those like most um companies do you know you just call them up their customer service or whatever and email them and they respond back no you have to make a fucking twitter or have a twitter make sure they know it's you and say hey my youtube channel has been blah 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 and then maybe maybe they'll respond. Maybe. I mean, most, most websites not, have though. like support tickets or things like that. But YouTube, like, and there's a reason that they do it this way. They do it this way so that if you're somebody they don't like, somebody that they want gone, you can't like bug them. They can just ignore you, and you're just you know deplatformed forever. Yeah, yeah. it's shitty. 
So now you have to fight to like, you know, bleep out certain words if you want your videos to be monetized. You've got to like be very careful about the way in which you portray things or the topics that you talk about. You've got to like that that fine line is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Like pretty soon I feel like the types of content that we make where we're just like, you know, criticizing people's ridiculous reactions to anime and comics and the industries themselves and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, that may be like the next frontier where it's like, oh, well, we don't like you criticizing these movies, these comic books. And so now here's a bunch of extra guidelines about what's considered criticism and what's not considered fair criticism. That's bullying. You can't bully billion dollar corporation. Come on. Hopefully, hopefully Odyssey will take off and then we won't have to worry about it. I hope so. I, I really like what they've got going over there. It's it's nice yeah. to have uh it's nice to have an alternative where if YouTube decides that your video doesn't meet their their standards, that you have another place where you can get a second opinion. I've got a lot of their coin. <laughs> I just have it sitting there. I haven't done anything with it because I've been on there since uh I think oh, I don't I think I joined last summer I joined Odyssey. Yeah, and it's really starting to take off now. Um, they've got a lot of people over there that are mirroring all of their content, so that you know, in yeah, case the everything. worst, yeah, in case the worst happens, you've got you've got those videos over there on Odyssey, so you don't have to worry if YouTube takes it down. Oh well, I guess I'll just send the link to the Odyssey version of the video to everybody on my Twitter feed. Yeah, I like I like Odyssey. One other quick thing about the Odyssey stuff is that. Pretty soon, they're supposed to be, uh, like, they've got the payment system in place for, uh, like, U.S. dollar super chats. The only problem is that they don't have, like, the actual functionality to attach a message to it. So people can pay you. Oh. They just, like, can't put the message on there. But they're supposed to be getting, like, they'll, actual they'll super chats. Yeah, I was watching your guys' live stream yesterday over there. Oh. Uh, I don't know. You, uh, I don't know. Remember what you guys were talking about? I was watching it while I was working on some stuff. But uh, I saw the super chats coming in. I saw that it, uh, it was working pretty good. Yeah, they they've done a lot. A lot of it's been, you know, just us kind of like poking them and prodding them, being like, "Hey, when is this feature going to happen? When is this feature going to happen?" And it's it's amazing, just like what they've been able to do in like the span. I think we've been streaming on there for maybe one and a half months. And they've made, like, tremendous progress over there. To the point that we basically switched the show over exclusive to Odyssey now. That's where we live stream with the, you know, the typical YouTube restreams. And it's it's done very well. So, you know, I hope Odyssey continues to grow and really starts to become a true viable alternative to YouTube. Because, you know, you never know when the day will finally come that they decide that, uh, you know, criticism is is. <laughs> is no longer allowed. You can't criticize anything anymore. Yeah, I'm, that day's coming. So yeah, I can't criticize Space Jam and how it's just literally a giant commercial for shoes. Fuck. <laughs> it is <laughs> for shoes and for uh, Warner Brothers Media. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, uh, remember I'm how they gonna... had? Sorry. Remember uh, they made a big deal about Pepe Le Pew, but the Clockwork Orange guys are still there. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the actual rapists are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to watch that tonight. And uh, I'll I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that the next episode about how 
everything's gay, it ruins your childhood. Even though, like, the first Space Jam, the first Space Jam was fucking stupid, and it was kind of bad, but, uh, I don't know, it had its own charm to it, very, uh, 90s Well, charm. Michael Jordan was very loved, still loved, you mm-hmm. know, and he had all these characters in it. It it was one of the few movies that even have done that, because what, what was before that? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And... That's one of my favorite movies ever. That's I a love that That's movie. a fantastic movie. That's a great movie. And you'll never see a movie like that ever again because Disney loaned out their characters, which was crazy. Still crazy to this day to think about. Well, I think that was before um, they hit their... I think that was the 80s when they were kind of bleeding out, and that's before they hit their renaissance. And so they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just rent it out to whatever we can. And then I believe it was like the later 80s, whenever the the Little Mermaid came out is when the renaissance boom came out especially when the beauty of the beast came out holy shit like it changed it changed animation in general because what happened was uh the oscars i don't believe that they had an animation nomination before beauty and the beast because these like pompous dudes who grew up watching a bunch of movies from like the 40s and 50s they didn't take animation seriously at all they thought it was just little kids cartoon media but then they watched um this reel of like unfinished, uh, finished, unfinished, uh, cartoon of the Beauty and the Beast and all the pieces that have to go together and how hard animation is actually. And they were like, "Oh, okay, this looks fantastic." And so they added an animation um, nomination because of Beauty and the Beast. So because of that, and Oscars being such a huge advertisement in this Renaissance period. Is what really pushed Disney to what it is nowadays. Come to think of it, you could think um, Michael Eisner for that because he he hated uh, what was that movie that was a uh, fantasy, and it caused uh, Disney to go into a financial cripple. Do you guys know? Oh, Black Cauldron. So he hated the he hated the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron would do so well nowadays if they just redid the story it'd be because everybody loves like fantasy stories right but it did not do well whenever it came out plus it was kind of like not a very well written story it grossed 21 million against a budget of 44 million yeah so it and it caused a lot of the animators to quit i believe that's what caused um hmm i can't remember his name off the top of my head but the guy who made uh that I'm trying to not look up names off the top of my head, but he's like another animator who quit, who came up with his own animation studio. Um, the 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 animation. He's the guy who made the movie about the mouse who moved to America, and it's supposed to be about, about oh the Fievel oh, series. Oh, uh, yeah. The, yes, is, is that it called the uh, West something Once Upon a Time in the West Amer- or American Tale? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So. The animator for that, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. I don't know why. I'm sorry, anyone who's listening to this podcast, hoping to get some kind of information. You're talking about Don Bluth? Don Bluth. Names are just eluding me today. I'm so sorry. So, like, Don Bluth quit because he was originally supposed to work on the Black Cauldron because there was really poor management with that. It was in production hell. And then Michael Eisner and these other producers from, like, Universal, like, three dudes from Universal came in and they just kind of came into disney they were like okay this is what you're gonna do with disney and them pushing little mermaid which also you know created the whole musical scene with disney because they they had some musical you know animated movies but they made it into this whole musical phenomenon and they made it to where 
little girls and merchandise could be sell from this product. And that's how they viewed it. They viewed it less of like a piece of art and more of a product. And that's what pushed Disney to where its philosophy is nowadays. Yeah, they had three critical successes back to back to back that were all very similar in the way they portrayed the story. And that was Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and then they really hit it hard with Aladdin. Yeah. Like, like that real those three movies together like completely changed the landscape. So that by the time that you got to the Lion King in nineteen ninety-four, like they had a formula and it worked and people loved it. And then Lion King wasn't even supposed to work out because they're like, this furry movie about cartoon lions, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. And then they thought Pocahontas was going to win because Pocahontas is more towards the formula they thought we were going to. But Pocahontas is boring as fucking shit. It's a terrible movie. And then because they're in the B team, right? They're like, okay, we have a high standard to live up to because it's Disney. And they really i think the lion king is like the perfect movie that's ever been created i think it's the perfect movie and they it really just it changed disney forever it put the nail on the head like this is this is staying for a long time disney is here to stay with the lion king because it's still like one of the top grossing movies of all time that's so yeah all they had to do was take kimba the white lion and disneyify it <laughs> that's a go. lie that's a blatant fucking lie okay <laughs> kimba <laughs> Look, I know a lot of people don't like your movie sucks because he's a furry, but he went he he went to really great detail why Kimba is not the same as Lion King. Okay, okay, damn it, I stand by it. <clears throat> but yeah, anything else before we leave? I think I think we've hit pretty much every single topic that I want to talk about today. I want to thank Yellow Flash for coming on the show today. I know most of the people that are watching this video are fans of his show, and so he doesn't really need to advertise. They already know where to find him, but. You know, maybe someday this podcast actually takes off and people are going through like the first couple episodes. Oh, this podcast. Wow. I want to see how bad they sucked when they first started people out. People find Gator's hard drive in the ancient ruins and civilization, some aliens, and they want to figure out who the whole Flash was because of this hard drive. <laughs> Plus, right. Exactly. At that point, just check out my Odyssey. <laughs> my Odyssey. That'll still be around. That's going to be odyssey.com slash at yellow flash. Is that, is that what yeah. the URL is? Yep. Yeah. Slash at yellow flash. There we go. I just want to make sure I was right on that. Pretty sure that's right. Yep. It, it pulled it right up. Yeah. Odyssey.com slash at yellow flash. And of course, Spooky Weeb Trash, my co-host, the the anchor, the anchor on the show. The sub to your dom. Exactly. <laughs> normally, normally on the show, we usually have like a third co-host, but we tried to... We tried this week to kind of rotate people around because we like to keep that third co-host spot rolling. We had Cody the past two weeks in a row. We wanted to get somebody in there, but unfortunately, like the two people I talked to didn't work out time wise. It's it's fun trying to like schedule and organize everything around these shows because everybody's very, very busy and doing stuff. So it's good to actually be able to get people together for even like an hour, 30 minutes of a recording. So, yeah. Yeah, but, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you should let us know um, how you guys feel about the three co-hosts, four co-hosts, what you prefer. We'll, and even we'll, suggestions. We like reading. Yeah, give us suggestions. Anything you want to like, want us to talk about? We like, we like that. We like how this is really uh, doing pretty well. I would say, and uh, you guys seem to like it. So if you guys want to give us some feedback, we like to read the comments. We do, and sometimes we respond. So really appreciate it if you do. Woo. 
Absolutely. Topics to talk about, guests you want on the program, even even uh, like people you want to see do some co-hosting, rotating Call in and out. gay and that we should kill ourselves. Yes, we love that. Please, more. <laughs> oh, YouTube YouTube really loves to see those in the comments. <laughs> it totally doesn't the best comments. <laughs> right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, and you will find us anchor.fm slash anime boomers. You can also find this video on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Gator Gamer, or you can go directly to animeboomers.live and gatortime.live, and they will point you. Eventually, there's going to be a website there. But for the moment, as of this recording, they will point you to the YouTube channel. I want to thank Yellow Flash for joining us, Spooky Weeb Trash for co-hosting, and I will see you guys starside.